My money goes through God first. My time goes through God first. My conversation goes through God first. When my time goes through God first, I get more done with less time. Have you gotten to the end of your day at any point and you sat in your bed trying to go to sleep and you suddenly realized that you didn't get this done, this was still undone, you forgot to do this, you should have done that? Has anybody had that happen? Can I, can I give you a secret? Giving God his time first gives you more time after that. It, it, it is not a natural equation. You cannot, I can't, I can't do anything else but tell you, you got to try it. It's kind of like, again, my mama's cooking. I have lived for 50-something years with Mama Ross's cooking. And I love her cooking, especially her Caribbean curry, chicken and beef, chicken chow mein made the Caribbean way, not the Chinese way you know. I mean, cook up fried, I mean, just on and on that it doesn't matter how I jump and scream and say, hooray, my mama's cooking, woo-hoo! Unless we get to the point where I can share some of that food with you, it's nothing but a testimony. You will hear it, you will say, mm, your mama could pr- probably cook, and that is all that will happen until I get you to taste it. There are some things that when I preach it, you will not get it unless you try it. And that's what we're digging into right now. So, <clears throat> John 1, uh, 3 John chapters, yeah, 3 John, way in the back here, John one, two, and three. John one, you don't have to find it. John, third John two says, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. The inference here is that God really, really cares about how you're prospering in your mind your emotions, and your will to serve him. That, that, that if, you, if your emotions are not prospering, if you're under continuous emotional stress, if your mind is not prospering, in that whenever you are under the gun, You don't have word coming out. You have have emotional reactions instead of emotional responses. When God is in the mix, your soul, your soul, mind, emotion, and will When that part of you is prospering, God says, I'm going to make sure everything else goes right. I want you to get that first. I'm just recapping very quickly. Most Christians today do not understand the, the importance of aligning their mind with God's word. You do not have to remember scripture and verse, but you gotta, you got to remember enough to be able to be sure about it. For my God is going to supply every need I have according to his riches and glory. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. 
God shines through me. I show the world God's righteousness. There is no, there is therefore no condemnation in my life. No more. I don't have condemnation. I'm not living in condemnation. Why? Because I am in Christ Jesus. I am not accepting any of the old attacks from the adversary that says, because I messed up today, I'm the same person I was six years ago. No. I am sure that my spirit is being renewed every day. My spirit is growing every day. And even when I mess up today, my spirit is still kicking my behind to get up. So, I want you to prosper even as your soul is prospering. I want you to prosper in other areas, in your money, in your family relationships, in your communication, in all of these other things, as your mind, your emotions, and your will are prospering. And we established that to have all of those things prosper, you've got to start with renewing the mind. You've got to find the time to renew your mind every day with the Word of God. Why? Because everything else is subliminally attacking your mind. You stand in the line at Food Lion waiting to pay for your groceries and there's somebody on a cell phone in front of you cussing. Has that ever happened? Have you ever walked in the store to shop and there is someone speaking on speaker? Having pro- I've never seen, the, I mean, the world is just going crazy. It's as if the adversary said, it's my turn. Conversations that used to be private on cell phones are just public knowledge and now. Folks don't even care that you are standing right there and they are fussing and talking about all kind of lewd sexual behavior on speaker. You don't have to try and listen. It's coming at you. You sit down to watch a TV show. They say it's PG, but today's PG is not the same PG that it was 20 years ago. Today's PG was 20 years ago R-rated. So these things are coming at your mind. You don't have to go get them. They're coming at you. There has to be a pushback that renews your mind with the word, not because it feels good, not because you become uh, uh, euphoric, not because you are turned on when you read the word, but because the word is doing something on the inside of your brain that will only show up when the adversary attacks you. One morning it's going to be listening to them in the, in the food lion line. The next day it's going to be somebody cussing you directly. Trying to get you to flesh out. Trying to get you to respond. And if the word of God is not there, renewing your mind, you will react in the flesh rather than respond in the spirit. So I wish above all things that you prosper, but your mind, once your mind is being renewed, it will bring control to your emotions. Once your mind is being renewed, it will bring control to your emotions. You will respond instead of react. If you're not reacting and you're responding properly because the word is in your mind, then your decision-making process the things that have to do with your will taking control will also fall in line with God. Do you see what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> investing God's way, 
Guarantee, we'll guarantee God pay. You gotta invest in the mind, renew it, renew it. Okay, <clears throat> we, we looked at two other scripture verses that I want to, to bring some balance to you as we expand. Deuteronomy 8, 18. Deuteronomy 8, 18 and 19. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to create wealth. I want you to write that down. Somebody write that. If you got, could get it in your notes because we're going to dig into that right now. It is he. I, let's, for it is he who gives you the power to create or to get wealth. That he may do what? Establish his covenant which he swore to your father. Our forefathers spoken about here would be Abraham. That God said to Abraham, I'm going to expand you not just spiritually, not just mentally, not just emotionally, but I'm going to expand the stuff that you need most. I want you to get this. That when he says, I am going to, to give you the power to create wealth, that wealth does not have to be money all the time. You cannot tell me. I mean, well, we don't have to say anything. The proof is in the pudding. How many rich, wealthy Hollywood persons do you know that for no reason at all committed suicide? Have you heard about anything like that in the last couple of years? You don't know why they did. They seem to be going good. Their careers are on track. And bam, they're just gone. Something is going on. Something is going on. Something is going on. They had the wealth of money, but there was no wealth in other areas. Do you prefer to be a multimillionaire and be, and be attacked in your mind constantly? You can't sleep. You can't have good rest. You're snuff, snobby and just you, your attitude is bad because, because you, you are under attack even though you got money. What about you got money, but your whole family's messed up. I was looking at a YouTube rundown. They were give, talking about all of the prominent rappers, young rappers, that have been murdered in the last 10 years. And all of them, just like Nipsey Hussle, were murdered at the very pinnacle of what they thought was their breakthrough in rap. They showed clips of each of them having wads of money, holding it like this. I was watching uh, Takashi 6ix9ine, and young folks would know about him. He's still alive, one of the ones that hasn't been off this yet by the adversary. And he's holding all this money and he said, I've been in the game for so long, man. I know what I got to do. I know how to make the, my bread. He dumped all that money on the floor. You know, you don't hear him talk about any strong family relationships he's got. You don't hear him talk about a father and a mother figure that's standing behind him. He's probably never had the opportunity to, to, to be involved in several family reunions, stuff that you and I take for granted. You go to your family reunion and you enjoy your relatives and you enjoy the connection without a lot of money. Do you prefer giving that up and being, having some more money in your hand? Where do you want your wealth to be? 
Don't be fooled by the adversary trying to tell you that your wealth needs to be in money when your wealth really needs to be in your emotion because you're hopping from relationship to relationship to relationship and you can't stay connected and grounded and become one with one person. And I'm not talking about cases where you're a believer and the other person just walks away. I'm talking about you losing your spiritual grounding. And nobody wants to stay with you. And you're a Christian. Where do you need your wealth to be? He said, I've given you the power to create wealth. If the mind is not renewed so that the emotions are functioning properly, so that the will is making the right decision, then, then the power to create wealth will be focused in the wrong way. Just trying to get some things right. So, so he's given this promise, I'm giving you the power to create wealth, but it has stipulations. It has stipulations that has to do with your behavior and my behavior. But in the meanwhile, he says, <clears throat> I am your God and I'm going to supply all of your needs. That if you have the right relationship with me, every need that you have will be provided for. I want you to think about this, guys, because the adversary is trying to get us to think outside of, of God's wisdom and creating more and more havoc in our lives. If God has guaranteed that he will supply your need, you will never... David said, I was young, and now I'm old. I have never seen righteous folk forsaken. I've never seen righteous folk strung out and go crazy. I've never seen righteous folk walking around talking foolishness to themselves because they lost their mind. I've never seen righteous folk standing up on a street corner and begging for bread. I've never seen righteous folk coming out and saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm just lost. When I stop to help someone on the side of the road with money, I'm guaranteeing you it is never, never, ever because they were trusting God and he didn't come through for them. You know how I know? Because one, one moment they're talking to me and telling me how they love God, how they really, really been praying, and I pass back uh, uh, two hours later and they're over in a corner smoking away, drinking from a, from a quart. They're, they're half drunk. They're just putting on a lot of that so that they could get money from me. And I, I, don't, I say, you know what? I did it from a good heart. God's going to give me my blessing. He's going to deal with that person. But David said, I was young and now I'm old. I have never seen righteous folk forsaken by God. And I've never seen their seed. Children that come out of them that follow in the way doing the same thing. I've never seen it. So God says, if you do it my way, your mind is renewed, your emotions are connected to my choices, and your will is grounded in what I say, you're going to have your needs supplied. And you're going to live a life of respectability and honor even when you think you're under pressure. I think I'm going to take that 
instead of trying to be financially wealthy. I'm not saying financial wealth isn't good, and we're going to get to that in one moment, because I, I am making moves in my life right now. One of the things that we need to understand is the, the power to create wealth. Financial wealth starts with discipline. <laughs> it's amazing to me that everything that the Bible talks about, the world is screaming about. Every financial, I spoke of a financial uh, planner recently. The first question on the table is how are you saving money? No, he wants, no, he wants to know what my goal is. When you retire, how much money do you want to spend? I said, well, I want about this amount. I, this, I should be able to. He said, well, okay, oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, if that's what you want, this is what you're going to have to do right here. And based on the income that you've got, uh, it looks like to do that, we need to aggressively uh, invest about 30 to 40% of your income. That's because of the goals that I set. And as I, I was about to to flip out in my head. And then the Holy Spirit reminded me, son, you already doing that. I said, oh, come on, dude, come on, come on. That, that, that I have already developed the attitude of investing not just in money, but in God. So you know what I decide? I'm going to continue investing 30% with God, as I've been doing, and I'm going to take 10% and make up the difference. He said 40, didn't he? Uh-huh. And we're going to prove God to be the God of wealth. That come retirement time, he said I needed to put up 40, I put up 30 with God, and I put up 10 in investment, we're going to see who comes out better. I guarantee I'm going to still have the same results as when he said put 40 in. But the difference is I'm going to have those results financially, but my life would have touched souls that never would have come to God through my investment in God. It's a two-for-one deal. I'm going to stand before the great white throne judgment and God's going to say to me, son, you made it into heaven, but you didn't just make it. Get in the white throne judgment line. Let's start counting up all the stuff, all the rest of the stuff that you built while you were down on the earth, investing in God's way, investing in God's way, investing in God's way, investing in God's way. And let me show you how that has panned out. Vanessa, you're one of my spiritual daughters, and I'm not going to call you up here. But I remember, you remember last year, the beginning of last year, I believe, somewhere in there, where, where you just, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, I don't know how, the conversation you had with God, but out of nowhere, she says, Pastor, can I come by the church? I said, okay, okay. <clears throat> I normally wouldn't let anybody meet me, especially if you're a young lady, in our church. But she's a daughter, so I've known her for over 20-something years. And second, we weren't going to sit and have a conversation in the office. She just wanted to come meet me at the door and give me something. I said, that's fine. And she did. And what she gave me to invest a seed, I knew, I knew, first of all, it was equal probably more than at that time she was making a month. And I didn't say, am I, am I close? And as we went along, we started talking about some of the things she's been just trusting God for. 
And God just brought me back this stuff back to me. Since that time, out of the four or five things that you were praying for, God, these things I need, how many of them have happened? Three. Three. Uh, and, and how many of them, you could see them coming? It's not, you, you see the others, it, it's right there, it's coming. And there are testimonies like hers all over our church. We're going to have to have a, a, a Sunday just for that. To talk about folk who just said, enough is enough. I'm going to try it God's way. I'm going to try it God's way with my, with my relationships. I'm going to try it God's way with my money. I'm going to try it God's way with my time. I'm going to try it God's way with my family. I'm going to try it God's way. And, and uh, let the chips fall where they may. Can I tell you, when you do it God's way, the chips never burn up, child. Mm-mm-mm-mm. The chips shine like gold. The chips multiply like money. The chips grow on you. Stuff starts happening that you can't, I mean, miracle after miracle. House miracle, job miracle, money miracle. So God said, I've given you, I've given you the power to create wealth, right? Then he said, Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things are going to be added to you. Seek me first. Let me dominate your mind, your emotions, and your will. And what will come out of that is a guarantee for me that I am going to take care of all of your need. Let me get that. Need. The need is on God. The power to create wealth is on who? It's on, the creation of wealth is on you. Whatever wealth is needed in your life, it's on you because what? God gave you the power to create wealth. Am I right? He said, I, I'm going to supply all of your need, but I'm giving you the power to create wealth. You cannot create godly wealth after the power has released if you are not investing in renewing of the mind bringing control of the emotions and release of the will into God's plan. It's like being filled with the Holy Spirit and having no knowledge of the Word. It's like putting a gun, fully loaded, 50 caliber gun, in the hand of somebody who never pulled the trigger. First of all, they, they don't know how to keep their arms properly together. They don't know how to stand to hold that kind of power. They don't know how to, how to sight on a target with that kind of power. You don't know anything, but you got power. The worst thing that could happen to any of us is for the Holy Spirit's power to come on you with no wisdom of the word. When the power gets on you and you don't have the word dominating your mind, emotion, and will, you're going to hurt people. Anybody in church that you see constantly hurting people with what they say and how they say it, it's because, uh, it's because they have been praying for power but not investing in word. Power out of control. Fire is good, but not when it's out of control. Fire will keep you warm and it will also burn you up. And when we don't read the word, 
And God, Holy Spirit has given us a little bit of power so we could at least do life and not go crazy. We, we turn back and want to blame God because everything didn't work together for the good in our lives. And he says, you hadn't been renewing your mind. It's not glamorous. I know power is glamorous. But the word is what you got to have to use power right. I'm going to jump to something else and these <clears throat> you need to write. You have to make a decision to sow so in, I'm going to sow in my season. Or no, I w- you have to sow according, according to season, not according to weather. You sow according to season, not according to weather. Why do you think the farmer doesn't sow according to weather? Randolph, well, why do you think the, the farmer don't sow according to weather? Because, because weather is unpredictable. Many of us, because we are not renewing our mind, oh Lord Jesus, so there's no stability, so our emotions are sporadic, so that our will is not grounded in godly decisions, we are constantly sowing seed according to the weather patterns in our lives. And we want to know why we are not growing. It is because you, you are planting seed You are sowing seed according to weather. You're not sowing seed according to season. Psalms 1. Psalms 1. Write that down. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners. These things are constants, guys. Everywhere you go, there's a constant. You will always find sinners. Am I right? Nor sits in the seat or be in the company of those who ridicule your God. Girl, I don't go to church no more. They're always talking about giving money. You know they're trying to steal. I don't need to hear you tell me that. I done proved it. You weren't living right, and the money, the seed you sowed was according to weather. I sowed according to season, and God has blessed me. Don't come telling me. Girl, I don't go to church no more. All the, all the preachers out there, all they want to do is steal your money. Don't, tell, don't, 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 don't talk to me like that. Because I have proven that God keeps his word. You talking to the wrong guy. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Here it is. But his delight. The word of God. Isn't that what I said, Randolph? The word of God. You got to renew the mind. Did I not say that? Okay. And here it says in verse 2 of Psalms 1, but, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. The word of God. So I just don't read it. I thirst for it. Even when I don't feel like reading the word of God, I make my spirit thirst for it because I know what the result will be two months, six months, two years, ten years down the road. I know what the result will be. 
but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in God's law do I what? Meditate day and night. I eat the word. I put the word in. It ain't about how it tastes. It's about whether it's good for me or not. If I do that, remember I said, remember I said, we sow in season, not according to weather. If I do these things, verse 1, 2, then it creates a season for verse 3. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Here is the result of me recognizing that season, sowing. These are, these are things, stable things in our lives, that if we do them, the result is going to be number three, verse three. What's verse three? And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in what? How did the season come forth? Because, because I wasn't walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Because I wasn't standing in the path of sinners. Because I wasn't hanging around folks that are talking against my God and just letting it pass. That I was delighting in God's law and renewing my mind with it. And the result is, I'm going to be like a tree. Not a half-dead tree. Not a dried-up tree. Not a no-fruit tree. But I shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. Whose leaves shall not wither and whatever you do I've given you, I've given you what? The power to create wealth. The biggest part to the power that God has given us is your attitude. Verse 1 and 2 is all about, is about how you, how you behave. It's amazing. I was a top salesperson for Bell South when Cellular was just coming on the market in the 90s. And I worked with Chase. And everywhere I, I worked, worked with FedEx, there was always initial training and continuing ed. You got updated training as you go along, as equipment changes, as the company changes, you get trained more. I, I, cannot, I cannot understand, I, I, I just can't get it. I don't get how, how we understand the importance of continuing ed and training for the job that we have but we don't see the importance of continuing ed for the job of our faith. Do you understand if you refuse, what happens to one that you've just gone through training, some several trainings and graduated, bless you, you've done great. We honored you, I sent out something on Facebook and just honored you. More job expression, more authority, and power on your job, more money. What would happen, what would have happened to Wanda had you, just listen, I've been here 10 years. I know how to do this. I don't need to go to no training. What would happen? You hear what she said? You go stay right there. 
That's, like, that's how we say it. You're going to stay right there. Everyone else is going to be promoted and increase their money. And, and if you run in, the, if, yeah, God forbid, you run into somebody that's a stickler for the rules, you're going you to end up fired. Because you, the company, is not paying you to stay at the same level of employee maturity today as you were five years ago. Not when they're giving you a, re- a yearly raise, at least the cost of living. You can produce something for that. I'm coming in. I'm coming in. The last reference, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7. Your tithing and your giving, the blessing of your tithing and your giving is not about the 10%. If you, if you find yourself zeroing in on 10% all the time, I better get my 10% out, I better get my 10% out, I better give them my 10%, I better do this with my 10%, I better... You don't understand what God is trying to say. So we're going to read and we're going to see what he's trying to say. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So, if your attitude is just about sparingly, my 10%, that's it. Y'all ain't getting another cent out of me. That's called sparing, sparingly. I want, I want you to get that. I want you to get that. I'm not telling you to sow 10% or 6% or 5% or 25%. What I'm saying is 10%, if you make that the benchmark this much and no more ever, you have got a sparingly attitude. You've got a spirit. If the best that you could do if the best that you could do out of your heart is 6% of your income, and that God knows if it's the best you can do. I don't need to go behind you. I'm not going to ask you. I've heard pastors doing that foolishness. We need to see your income tax, your W-2, to see how much you made. It's happening. And if you're off by one cent, I heard a story recently, a tr- prominent church. Someone was, was tithing consistently. They had a job loss for a few months, and then they got back in stride and started giving again. Subsequently, they went and asked for the church to help them in a time of need. They said, okay, let's go back and check to see if you have been a consistent giver. That's the first, the first thing that I have issue with because there are times when, when you, 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 you can't judge people according to that. So we put aside what we call our what? Our benevolence fund. We're going to just be kind. If you, if you get our kindness and you trying, to, you trying to snow us, it's going to come back and it's going to come back in a big, 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 big way. The hammer is going to drop. But that's not our problem. But here it is. They went back and they came back and said, we noticed we can't give you the, the, we can't bless you and give you what you need right now because we noticed, we looked back and we noticed that you did not give anything for two months. I said, well, the reason is I didn't, I didn't have a job. 
Well, how do we know? You see, you see what I'm saying? They started this law stuff, this Pharisee behavior. It's permeating the entire religious world. Let me tell you, God said, if you have a 10% only mentality and not a mentality that says, if God blesses me, I'm going to start at 10%. That's where I'm starting. That's where I'm going to start. But but as I feel the blessing coming on, I'm not waiting for the wave to catch up to me. I'm going to give a little more. I'm not waiting for the wave to peak at 10%. I don't want, before it catches me at 10%, I'm going to add a little more. Before it catches me at 12%, if God is blessing me, I'm going to add a little more. It's how I got to 30%. Because I'm not going to wait for the wave to, cr- to crest at my 10%. I will not wait. Let me say that again. I will not wait for God's blessing to crest at my life at 10%. When I feel that blessing coming up, I'm coming up 10% and it gets a little good, I said, I better ride this way a little. There I go. So a little more. And my job is, my, my mentality is to keep sowing as God is blessing me so the, re- the wave wouldn't crest. Do you understand what cresting is? The wave crests when it hits the beach. It's riding, it's riding a nice wave, and as soon as it hits the beach, what happens? I'm not waiting for it to crest. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's verse 7, and that's it. So let each of you give as he has purposed in where? His heart. That's where we're stopping this morning. Each of you invest in the kingdom as you have purposed in your heart. So your giving is not about 10%. Your giving is about what's happening in your heart. Your giving is not about 10%. Your giving is about what's happening in your heart. I don't want to, I'm looking forward to the day when I don't talk. And here's the, here's the problem. The more you talk about the 10%, because it's law stuff, the less people are giving. Because, because they have lost the principle. The principle is not 10%. That's the job. We don't want the job of giving. We want to practice the principle of giving. Give and it shall be given back to you. How, how is it going to be given? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall God give to you. Is that what it said? Shall who? Men. All the people will sow into your life. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The average, the average Christian in the American church is giving 2.2% of their income. 2.2. Don't matter how much they preach about 10%, the average Christian is giving 2.2% of their income. Do you understand? You see now why all the people that you talk, that, that you hear complaining? If you hear them complaining, you need to know they're in the 2.2% bracket. They're not even coming up to 10%. They're not even standing on the precept. And they want to blame God for not blessing them. 
I can tell you God has been blessing me. How many of you can say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Stand with me. Stand with me. This has been more of a teaching sermon this morning. I told the Lord recently, I said, Lord, just, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you to trust me with more money because it's not going to stop with my life. My life is a conduit, Lord. My life is a conduit. I want to walk through Walmart. I want to walk at places and let your Holy Spirit say, go over there and bless that person and pray for them. Go over there. Well, yep, go down aisle 13. You'll see somebody that you need to pray for. And when you leave, before you leave, give them $50. Get in the line. Pay for, pay for the person behind you. Because that's how God works. Father, this morning, lift your hands with me. We surrender everything to you. Our lives belong to you. Our money is yours. Our communication is yours. Hey, Shadabakoyun. Our time belongs to you. Father, we ask right now that you will work a work in us that causes us to continue pressing in to the precept of giving you everything. To the precept of giving you everything. Of challenging your grace in our lives to see more, to see better to see extra, to see above and beyond, to see pressed down, to see shaken together, to see running over. Oh God! Father, we thank you this morning. 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 If there's been an attitude of selfishness, if there's been an attitude of, 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 of trying to cut a deal with you, if there's been an attitude of skimping on you, God, we say, take it away from us. Take it out of us. Take it from us, oh God. Because we need to feel. We need to feel the flow. We need to feel the power. We need to feel the release. We need to feel the breakthrough. We say, come on, Jesus. Do it, Lord. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Would you give God a high praise with me this morning? Hey, yeah, 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 yeah.